Before we get started, I need to thank a new Patreon patron. Thank you, Pete E. Daniels, for becoming a patron of the original cast. You have joined at the perfect time here in our Year of Barber, where we are celebrating all the films of Barbara Streisand that we haven't done on previous episodes of the original cast of the movies up to and not including the one where she drives around in a car with Seth Rogen because I can't be asked to watch it. We are into August, so we are well eight movies into this, but there's so much great content to listen to. We just did All Night Long with the That Aged Well podcast, uh, which was a interesting film, I would say. Coming up this later this August, we've got my favorite Barbra Streisand film so far, What's Up Doc from 1972, one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen. We've still got to do the main event with Casey Clark and Chris Klimek. We've got Up the Sandbox for Pete's sake. And we've got The Way We Were with this week's guest, Robbie Rizal and his husband, Len Rendino. A movie I have never seen and have been repeatedly invited over to their apartment to watch. So please go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod, become a patron of the original cast, support the art you love, and join us for the Year of Barbara on our exclusive Patreon podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. Patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right, here's the show. All right. So many Tuesdays. Yes. With or without Maury. That's how we do things here. Yes, Tim? <laughs> now, that's a podcast. Tuesdays with Maury Yeston. Honestly? Sold. God, so, why I mean, didn't hey, I save that for the pod? If you could get Maury Yeston, you know, that's what they tell like, you in improv music. You have to say yes ton. That's a thinker. All right. Wow. Let's... <laughs> It doesn't mean it's funny. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a perennial favorite on this podcast. He came to talk about MAME. He's been on the original cast of the movies more times than we'd like to count. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Robbie Rizal. Thank you so much for really screwing up both my Spotify and my YouTube algorithms. There we go. With today. That. There it is. That's how it is. <laughs> That's just how I do things. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Robbie's come for a very, very special reason, because Robbie is here to talk about... <laughs> Angela Lloyd Webber, the Premier Collection, slash the Premier Collection Encore. Yeah, you can't talk about one without the other. You have to. They go hand in, like Daisy and Violet, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. They absolutely do. So, uh, Robbie, how did the premiere, we'll start with the first one. How did the premiere collection come into your life? What a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, (laughs) So, you and I are roughly the same age-ish. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, like a give or take a couple of years. But um, we definitely went to like, school at the same time like high school yeah. mm-hmm. um and that was during the big lemis phantom boom right yes um yeah. and so our high school choirs were definitely singing music of the night mm-hmm. probably a masquerade medley certainly Sing a lemis mm-hmm. mm-hmm. certainly yeah. a lemis medley 
Um, but so that is sort of how uh, Angela Weber sort of appeared into my sphere because I didn't grow up listening to Lori Beachman's Joseph uh, because I'm gay, but I'm not that gay yet. That right. was later. It's right. a journey, folks. Yeah. My, my my Lori Beachman journey was just Annie. So, <laughs> uh, so, but who didn't love the music of the night the first time we heard it, right? You oh, know what sure. I mean? Sure, sure. And so I was like, who is this guy? I need to find out. And so I went to our local department store, which was uh, Boscov's, which is a nice. chain. Yeah, yes, it was. I and remember Boscov's. Yeah. That's when CDs came in the tall boxes. The tall do you remember boxes. the tall boxes? I do. So they could fit um, in the LP racks. Yes. That was why correct. that was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also because they were harder to seal that way. Yes, also. And later they would be... Um, they would the boxes would plastic. go away and yeah. it would be a plastic cage with a key uh, that they had to unlock I, yeah. I had to do it would you that so was... do you have the memory that i had of walking through your your record store with your arm like a like a like like dolly uh -huh. levi with like just yeah. a handbags worth of of uh of CDs yeah it was actually all of my it was yeah. all the jobs that i had uh <laughs> <laughs> Painters saw how to sew. Uh, anyway, dance. Go. Anyway, um, so Boscov's, and I'm flipping through, and here it is, the premiere collection, the best of Android Weber. And I see the Phantom Mask, the Cat's Eyes, the Evita logo, the Starlix. I'm like, what is this? And now my mom, her favorite film of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, okay. I... I don't know if that's true now, but certainly but time, while I was growing up. Yeah. Um, I notably have never sung from Jesus Christ Superstar in any of my solo shows. She's welcome. So <laughs> uh, I found it and bought it. It was, you know, whatever, probably 20 bucks because CDs were very expensive, man. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was enraptured. And then I want to say, because this came out in... Uh, uh 88 he wants to say 89 may 1st 89 89 okay. 89 okay and then more importantly the the sequel came out in 93 right um and it was gold and beautiful and the joseph was thing ever everything <laughs> but the best part is not only did they release a cd friends what you don't know because you don't have a VHS player anymore. You don't have a VCR. Right. There was a 58-minute music video collection. And we are going to get to it. All of it is on <laughs> YouTube. I'm very, yes. very proud to tell you. Every single one of those videos is on YouTube. And believe me when I tell you, run. Do not walk don't. to YouTube. And just just put in Andrew Lloyd Webber, the premiere collection. Make sure you put Encore. Encore. You don't get all of them if you don't put an encore because right. guys, if you haven't seen the Philip Schofield close every door video, no, if you haven't seen if you uh, haven't seen as I hadn't. The only one I hadn't seen was the all I ask of you video. Oh, oh, oh the cheapest of all. OK, the we're best one, the best one. Yes. So anyway, because these videos they, are they spent readily so available. much money. They spent so oh much money gosh, on the Phantom so of the Opera money. music video that they were like, we just have a green screen and you're going to pretend to walk, but nothing's moving behind you. 
And that so was the good. Alaska View video. We're going to get to it. Anyway. We are. We're, we're going to get to Sarah Brightman's acting. We're going to get to all of her it. Her eyes, um, her face changes. Okay. Let's. When did this come into your life? Yes. So this is probably the first non-Godspell music theater album I ever heard. My wow. aunt had this on cassette. I was sure. 10 and my aunt, my aunt Susan, who's, who's my single fun aunt when I was a kid. Um, and <laughs> one of the things we do, we'd always go to her. She had a great um, apartment uh, and um, it was a huge studio with a loft and stuff. She was so cool. Still is still kicking. And um, she, we would go over to her, apartment on our birth for our birthday we would go and stay with her and we would go rent movies and and get you know dinner and so it would be awesome whole like whole thing mm -hmm. and she had this cassette and i was attracted to it and one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you about it specifically is mm -hmm. because of the cover to winters the, the iconography on the cover really i picked this tape up and was just like what is what is this and she mm -hmm. said oh we can put that on threw it on her tape deck stereo and, you know, then the chords of Phantom come blasting out of this thing and you're hooked, like from yes. the jump. Absolutely now, from the friends, jump. what what you need to know is these are not just cuts from the cast albums. This no. is not a greatest hits of the cast albums. And that's why this album is canon and important yes. for yes. cast album collectors. Yes. So this Phantom of the Opera that we hear is not Michael Crawford. And it's also not the lyrics as they are now it it's literally not the lyrics, starts it's out not the arrangement it's no. not it's the it's the single they released i mean before the show was even finished to Correct. drum up like energy for it steve hartley is singing yes. the phantom and oh, who is he like sure a, is he, he, he did that <laughs> he did steve hartley he did, do did that. the thing um <laughs> and he, again if you watch the video I'm going to tell you, folks, if you didn't think you could overact with a mask on, you're wrong. You Especially are so incredibly wrong. With one that is fully covering your His face. His whole face, right? Well, with hair. Oh, yes. Like, the mask has hair built in. Okay, so yeah. the, he's singing, and she's like, beneath the opera house, which is not a lyric that's in the show. And you're right. like, what is happening? Riveted. I was riveted. Oh, yeah. And, and it sort of, what needs to be explained is that at this point musical theater writers didn't have greatest hits albums right. period and they yeah. certainly didn't have pop greatest hits he angela weber was such a crossover that <laughs> these are mostly pop tracks oh yeah of songs that played on the radio Oh yeah, because There's he hits, was a like, actual star. chart hits in London yes. on this album, Bless. Uh, and I mean, so not just the original "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina," which is on no, here. yeah, uh, but like like we say, there's the the Phantom, there's um, uh, Sarah Bryman and uh, oh, butts, what's his name? For Cliff, all Richard. Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard. I mean, Richard. El England's answer to Elvis Presley. Uh, Cliff Richard. Uh, there's a, a, a demo, not a demo. It's a single of Magical Mr. Mistopheles, which you've never yep. heard before. Truly. Um, and two cuts from my favorite thing on this entire album, uh, which is the um, Marnie, uh, Marnie Webb 
tummy on a Sunday. Marty Webb. Take that yep. look off your face. And I mean, these songs were, like you say, these were singles. These were, there's the music of the night with uh, Michael Crawford that has, again, alternate lyrics because it's the single version, like with this bizarre, I mean, mm-hmm. weird little arrangement. It's really, really special. And it's not something, of course, I realized that it was, I didn't know it was different when I heard it. No. I just heard it and then got the cast album and went, oh, these are these are different. What is this on this tape? You know, what is this that I, that I have? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I, I I mean, I put it on Twitter. Like I, you show me this cover with all of these logos on it. And I can, I I can hear that image. I can absolutely love this. I listened to this album over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and absolutely adored it and bought a lot of cast albums out of it. Uh, you so know, sought, this sought them out. This spawned you to go and buy JCS or Evita or yes. whatever. Well, this the, that's the, the the thing that I find so because like I think we can agree if you haven't seen the cover, there's there's a picture of it on social media, I'm sure, from the uh, at original cast pod account. Hi, Bethany, and uh, <laughs> um, you it it's objectively I think a bad cover. From a like album, like structural standpoint, it is sure. just this black thing with like these logos on it. They're kind of haphazard. The colors don't always match. But for some reason, it looks great <laughs> to me. It works. And more importantly, though, because of it, I knew what the albums would look like. Mm-hmm. I knew what to look for when I went into yeah. the store, which is why I have I, the first one I bought was the original concept album of Evita and not mm. the Broadway cast album of Evita. Cause I knew that little E swivel and I was like, yeah. Oh, then that's what I'll buy. Cause that's what, you know, that's the one I want to get. And that was remarkable <laughs> to me. It was like, and the, then that's a whole journey. The way that Lloyd Webber brands, um, yeah. certainly in those years. So we're talking the era and, we should note that on the first album, there is no Joseph. Nope. Whatsoever. It literally, it's like JCS to Phantom. Right. That is it's, it's, the time. It, yeah. So it's. So it's like what, 70. Phantom, 70. It was 70 to 86. 88. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh huh. So it's just those years for some reason. And don't worry, Joseph plays a big role oh, in the gold big... album. But, <laughs> but some uh, might say an outsized role in the uh, in the gold. I would not say that. <laughs> I would not be the one who said that. But if you do, good for you. Um, okay. What? But the branding is so smart. And DeWinters, who designed most of these logos, mm-hmm. which is a London-based art company, like they designed the cat's logo with the eyes with the dancers in them they designed the mask they designed a miss saigon's helicopter uh, i bring that up just because like these were show logos that were so indelible and that everybody knew what it was just by seeing them mm-hmm. we don't get that anymore no you really don't not at all they're it's, trying with it... bad cinderella but you really don't no i know they're very half half-heartedly trying, I would say, with that Cinderella. But she's spray painting a scrotum. I don't I understand. It's not so much. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, we all saw the bootleg, so the pro shot bootleg. Yeah. But um, 
No, it's really true. And it's something that you and I have talked about before. I don't know if we've talked about it on, on the show, but we have talked about the like the lost art of the Broadway poster mm-hmm. and how they have morphed into movie posters. Which are with different headshots. Right. And with yeah. varying degrees of success. I will like I'm not saying that all of those are bad. I think the waitress mm-hmm. poster is a really, really good poster for that show. And it's an easily replicable poster. So it yeah. works. But I think on and the I other think... side of the spectrum, you have Bridges of Madison County, which I think is a terrible poster. And it's they're both in the same sort of milieu. It's just much better than the artwork they had for the show. That Bridges' mm-hmm. art was so uninspired that they yeah. sort of had to. Um, right now, like Parade is using like this two-shot of Ben and Michaela um, that's shot in that warehouse uh, that they did the video of. Um, what is that? Um, this is not over uh, yet. This is not over yet. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, it's beautiful. Um, but it's not what everything needs. The iconography of these shows, these 80s shows, really, mm-hmm. are spellbinding. I also am obsessed that Tell Me on a Sunday and Song and Dance are both listed on the cover. Well, and in the original, I don't know if the cover I have here in this is the, it's not the original London cover, which was, which is not as cool as the American. No. This blue kind of pastiche thing. Mm -hmm. On the tape, my, I'm trying to find the the picture of the tape because I guess the, 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 they, oh, they do. They also have, they not only have Tell Me on a Sunday and Song and Dance, they also have variations. uh, Oh, yeah. Slammed Mm -hmm. in there right above Requiem. Correct. um, Which is like, it's just such an odd, like, because those are, in case you don't know, Song and Dance is Tell Me on a Sunday is Act One and Variations, essentially, is Act Two. Yeah. And then, you know, it all just comes cramming now, together. on the CD, Variations mm-hmm. is sort of laying under Tell Me on a Sunday, just like Jesus Superstar, Tell Me on a oh, Sunday, Oh, yeah, look at that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Song and Dance right in the middle with that. Right. I'm sure the cassette yeah. was weird because they, you know, a rec- you take a square and be- the make it a rectangle. Cram it's, it together, um, yeah. It's a story of my damn life because, you know, I'm sent key art all the time and like, make a square. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Which all of these could do. I mean, that's a, like not, a, sure. again, not to belabor the point, but like, I'm sorry, Rob, Robbie's a designer. I love design. We're going to talk about it. The, uh, sorry, not sorry. The, the, uh, all of these icons look, ha- have looked great in a yeah. poster size, you know, skinny, tall, or in a square. They, th- mm-hmm. which is, rem- I mean, I can't really make, if you don't understand, like, it's remarkable that they work everywhere and are, I yeah. mean, they work so well that the Phantom one is wrong. You know, like that the the phantom one has the wrong mask because he only wears a half mask, as you know, when you see the show. Right. Originally, he was going to wear a full one because that's what Lon Chaney wore in the movie. That's what it's sort of always been pictured as. But it was too limiting for performance and 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 his ability to sing. So they shrunk it to a half mask. But they left the logo because the logo is so great. Like, why would you screw it? So iconic. Still, still, they're still using a variation of this. With a little more blue in it. I do want to point out that there is a third album in this trilogy that came yes. out uh, much later. Um, that was the very best of Angeloid Weber, the Broadway collection, which is red, but still has the logos haphazardly yes. like shoved on, not to as good effect, 
What really makes it work on this cover, though, is the black yes. behind it. So everything yes. just pops. Yeah. The black looks, it looks so beautiful. It, I mean, yeah. it looks absolutely wonderful. And again, I knew it was so cool to go to the, to know what I was looking for, to go to the, to the record store or to go to, you know, the CD, whatever it was to go to Rainbow mm -hmm. Records and be able to find the shows just without any question. And then also to yeah. discover that, well, see, that's when I started because my, my parents had a big record collection, obviously. And that's when I started flipping through it and realizing, oh, we have Jesus Christ Superstar. I didn't know mm -hmm. they had that. But now that I've seen that wonderful double um, double angel logo that I'm so happy yeah. they, they they use a lot in, um, in She Is Risen uh, mm -hmm. because it's such a great, great icon. Um, then you pull that LP out and go, oh, I know exactly what this is. And I absolutely can't wait to listen to it. And it, it just, it follows so, so wonderfully, but let's, uh, let's jump <laughs> into the music and the corresponding videos. We'll Can we please? Back and forth because it's, it's really wild, especially once you know the, the cast album versions that's mm -hmm. something, I mean, starting right from the jump, like Steve Harley's interpretation of the Phantom is remarkable. His phrasing alone is is worth the price of admission. Correct. <laughs> so are his slow turn glances to the yes. uh, to the stone cross with a snake on it. Mm -hmm. But we need to start right at the top of that music video with the two twins who are yeah. like looking back at us and then face front. For like face back, like like they're the sisters from The Shining. What is happening? Yeah, not a clue. That yeah. video is directed by Ken Russell. Oh, Ken that Russell. makes so much sense. He did that, that makes one. So much sense. And he did. Um, did he do music? Of, he didn't do music of the night, did he? No, he did. Wishing you were somehow here again. I ah. think. Yeah. Which are the two sort of weird gothicy ones that are like hey. right. Yeah. But the Phantom one is fascinating because the show, like I say, the show isn't finished. Sure. And the design isn't finished. So like no. the plot, you know, the, they basically do the whole first act in a very condensed way. Christine runs to her dressing room, gets mm -hmm. pulled into the lair, goes out to perform. Raul's in the audience. The Phantom gets jealous and <gasps> cuts the show. Are we going to talk about Raul's crazy hair? Oh, Raul's mullet. Yes, we can talk about yeah. Raul's mullet all and day, every one day. one long tooth. <laughs> I can't. Um, <laughs> well, hang on. Okay, it is Britain. You have to make certain allowances for the dentistry. Sure. But... Listen, I know many Brits. They have wonderful teeth. There's one tooth that's much like, and it's a front tooth. So it just yeah. sort of hangs there as his lip is like. Well, and all he, he does smiles. is smile. I mean, all yep. he does is smile. So that's like, the, it's, that's, it's that's the whole thing. That's the reason he was cast. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, shockingly. Not only is it beautifully designed, this whole mm -hmm. video, it kind of looks like the show. Yes, like the does. layer looks like yes. the layer. And here's the thing, friends. She gets in a boat. She gets in that boat that, that you normally would see the Phantom like rowing gondolier style. But it's just her. And he's on, on the other end of the lake just standing there like willing it with his mind to move over um, in a red cape. And the red cape is very important. Why is the red cape very important, Patrick? <laughs> Why is the red cape very important, Robbie? <laughs> I'll let you tell the people. <laughs> because young Naif Sarah Brightman with the big eyes oh, gets the biggest out. Eyes. 
and he whirls the suddenly the cape has tripled in length and mm-hmm. has a baton in it and he whisks it up and over and hides her and the next and jump cuts to her dress as Aida. Um is she Aida a, or is she Oh she is I, Aida. Yes, yes. Aida okay. because yeah, yeah. they show yes. it, they show part of the opera where she does right. some very questionable mm-hmm. dancing. Movement. Um, we'll just call it move. I would say it's kind of vague agraphy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like that's appropriation. Um so Oh. And then like the Phantom sees the mullet, because how could you miss it? And right. looks He's up the at only the chandelier. In the building. Right. The biggest chandelier we've ever seen. Ever seen. Ever. And like then you see a shadow of him like cutting with the biggest machete cutting the string of the chandelier it is camp oh it's high camp it's the best high kind of camp camp yeah. yes it's the it's the best kind of camp it is it is so because it, it all works like you say the aesthetics of it work it all fits together and every video in this collection mm-hmm. yeah. is in a that it, it, it's but it's all that it's all of a piece it's yeah. all it's so funny that we're in you know, we're in the late eighties, mid eighties of the mid to late eighties for for this. Mm-hmm. And music video is coming into a form. People are still figuring it out. And yet the Phantom of the Opera looks like for chunks of it, every hair metal video you ever saw. You know, like it, it's got some November rain in there, which wouldn't come out for like six more years. It's got, right. you know, all these little like the, like you say, there's a snake on a cross. And there's there's some definite like heavy metal imagery, which since you said it was directed by Ken Russell, makes perfect sense. That's like his yeah. whole his whole thing. I mean, he did um, Tommy, but that carries that carries all the way through all of these videos. This ju- like they're just they're Almost. not wrong exactly, but no. they're not they're not right. <laughs> I mean, some are definitely. Listen, the music of the night is beautiful, and yes. honestly, was probably shot on the stage. So that's yes. Michael Crawford's music of the night and that was yeah. probably shot as like a full b-roll footage yep. situation and they were like and he's put in the makeup i mean he's all he's all made yeah. up under the mask like it's very very clear he's he's in the full thing and listen and i don't want show. and i don't want to I, I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to be mean um well why'd you call but, me yeah well here's the problem so we, I think we, but we can't go much further without talking about Sarah Brightman and her acting. Um, yeah. You really like, she has a heavenly voice. And yeah. I have, let me, yeah, go ahead. Let me just start with this. Yeah. There, in specifically the Phantom of the Opera music video, mm-hmm. it is the best yes. looking she will ever be mm-hmm. um she she looks fantastic she's subdued so she doesn't have any of the crazy no crazy hair no crazy makeup the dress is the dress but yes. it's like the dress that ultimately she would wear in the show so it's like a costume but it's not like what she became known for where like she was literally wearing like tinfoil tiaras and stuff like she's not crazy sarah yet and she sounds peak oh my gosh yeah absolutely 
she's specifically in that video yes yeah now an actress as an actress sarah brightman is a very good singer Yes, yes, she is. As an actress, she wears clothes very well. The uh, great the, gowns, well, beautiful and, gowns. <laughs> but and like the thing of it is, like, because I've seen her. There's a video you can watch, and it's on YouTube of her doing song and dance when she was uh-huh. re- replaced Marty Webb, yeah. and it's good. She's singing those songs. She's performing those songs, but because those songs have arcs to them, emotional like, and she's good at like. The, the following the emotion of the song and selling the arc and all that sort of thing. But it really drives home the point. Maybe I can do this without being mean to Sarah Brightman. It really drives home the point that the character of Christine is incredibly underwritten because all she does, for example, in Music of the Night, it's the most egregious because she doesn't sing. Nothing. Is she just stares at the camera, mm-hmm. I guess hypnotized, but looks <laughs> like, I mean, she looks like, awful she looks uh-huh. so, like the expression on her face i don't i can't believe they she's, let her do that she's emoting but she's also doing theater emoting for the back row of say right the with Gershwin. the camera right in right. her face uh-huh right in uh-huh. her face yeah yeah and it's so, just oh she's just doing very big acting for a very small thing it's <laughs> so weird but wonder like listen also if you've never watched any of the sarah brightman music videos that are not part of the lloyd weber canon mm-hmm. yeah do yourself a favor go ahead oh, yeah. go do it right now one of them she's definitely in front of a windows 98 screensaver singing a question of honor i used to i own every single sarah brightman cd unironically every single oh, one yeah oh my gosh yeah I mean, it's but, it, it, but they're all crazy. Mm-hmm. They all have a theme, and the theme is crazy. One is the moon. One is Middle East dance. One is um, uh, La Luna tick. That's the moon. Um, dream. Uh, there's one. Uh, well, they have subtitles. Dreams. Some of them too, right? Yeah, every like, single one. Eden. Yeah, right. But they all are because uh, she th- she thinks very uh, three sixty. Right. <laughs> so it's not just it's not just what am I singing, but how is it being presented from every angle? And they're crazy. Oh yeah, they're and they're a lot. wonderful. Yes, because and they're that's crazy. The thing. But and because she can really sing the crap out of it. I mean, that's the the thing of it is. Ultimately, it doesn't matter that no. she looks vacant in these videos. It really doesn't because she opens her mouth and the sound comes out, and you're like, "Yep, never mind." Fantastic. Love it. But Can't I guarantee wait. you these the VHS would be pulled out in dorm rooms, like musical theater dorm rooms, with a bowl going around. Oh yeah. And people just making fun of it. In fact, I intend to start doing that at parties here sober. It's um, it was on definitely on in cast album uh cast parties when I was a, when I was in mm-hmm. college. I don't know sure. why I never saw the Cliff Richard video before. Uh or wait, maybe so I did let's talk I, about the Cliff Richard yeah. video. Well, hang on. Let's go. Let's go down. Let's go down the tracks a little bit. So then we have uh-huh. like, you know, uh, so we have right before we get to all I ask of you, we get take that look off your face by Marty, uh, yes. Marty Webb, which is phenomenal.
was a big, it's a top 10 hit in England. Yeah, um, and you know, she returned to that like five years ago. She did that role again. In oh, no, London. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, uh-huh. gang, it's a hard album to find, but if you can find Marty Webb, tell me on a Sunday. It's definitely streaming. Uh, it's it's so good. It, it really is like, I, I am not a huge fan of, I am a huge fan of Bernadette Peters normally. I am not a huge fan of the Song and Dance original cast album. Um uh for a couple reasons but like i i don't love her performance in that role i don't like some of the changes they made i but marty webb's performance of that score is so good yeah and worth it's also such a fascinating jump on the album from phantom of the opera to take that look off your face it's such an odd hop uh not just like not how i would program this album but no, I don't it, know that "Take That Look Off Your Face" would be the song that I would put on this album. Personally, uh, Marty's yes. great, and I can tell you, you can find it. It is on Spotify. If oh, you good. Type, okay. If you type "Song and Dance Marty Webb," uh, it was recorded live. Oh, it's the new one. That it well, it was in '82. Okay, because there's yeah. the. The non-live oh, one is the... There's yeah. also the Tell Me On a Sunday, which is their 1980. Uh, oh, actually, okay, Marty Webb has a ton of albums on Spotify. She does. Yeah, I knew that. Including big... Ben. Oh. That's a choice. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah I, I wouldn't have chosen Take That Look Off Your Face either, but it was the big hit on the charts from this album. So you Yeah, have especially because Unexpected Song didn't exist yet. Right, that was the one mm-hmm. that was added for the for the stage show. Yeah, um, for Bernadette. And it's for Bernadette specifically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yes, it which is a really which is a good which is a good track. Um, yeah. but so we but then we go from there again, like uh, talking about weird programming. We go from there to all I ask of you, which is like, like yeah, we're two Phantom tracks in the top three. It was the most current show. It was the biggest hit. There's going to be three tracks on the album total. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say real fast, I have to make a, pu- uh, a plug here for the fact that this is in- there's incredible restraint on this album. It is only 14 songs, basically yes. two songs from each show with three from Phantom and one from Requiem. And it is that's great. Like it is a great taster's menu of these. Shows. Yes, it's an yeah. abuse bouche, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I never feel overwhelmed by any one show. I get a really good sample of it. Um, even though yeah. we hop right into All I Ask of You with Cliff Richard. music video where they're walking on fire is that or is it just clouds no. that are red it's, it's so a, hard to tell so no it's a beach it's a beach it's like that, they're and the beach doing, is on fire what is it they're <laughs> fully doing the grease opening uh so they're just what there's like a rolling oh beach behind them but then on each side are like clouds 
that have been like superimposed over them. So the beach is green screen. And black. Because and... <laughs> it's so no. dark. <laughs> I've got it on, right? It's just like it's insane. It's so, absolutely wild. It's, it's like it's... an episode of Doctor Who from 1978. Like you just can't believe. No. The one I watched earlier today was like in the correct color with like a blue sky and white clouds oh, okay. and stuff. But still, what's very funny is the beach is oh, sort shifts. of rolling. Yeah, it's it, like a stock yeah. beach. But it comes into they're focus. like yeah, yeah. walking and stuff. <laughs> they're like walking, but not moving. Like the beach is not moving. It stays in the same place. And then at one point, she does a run and a jump in this very tight evening yes. gown. Um, she leaps into his arms as if she's in Dirty Dancing. And it's just awkward. Oh, Everything so is wild. awkward. Uh, he's in a song. white suit. I mean, sure it's is. just... Yeah, he was a perform- pop star. Oh, he was... I mean, uh, I, I don't... I, I call him uh, Britain's answer to Elvis. That's literally what he was. He came out mm-hmm. in the 50s. He was the cleaned up sanitized version of Elvis Presley that the British pop charts put out to be the replacement when Elvis went into the army. And he was a huge star. He's had three number one songs in at Christmas in the UK, which if you know anything about that is a, is a really big deal. Um, He's had a career of, I, I mean, however many years that is 70 years at this point. And yeah, he's, you know, He's a choice, uh, definitely. God, I'm watching them make out. I have to stop. So, because it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but so Has she this lifted? Is... Yes. Has she oh, taken yeah, yeah. flight yet? She's lifted. Okay. It, well, and they're low. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a bad angle. So, the, yeah, it uh, <laughs> it's a super bad angle to take a screenshot of that. So, um, <laughs> she, uh, the, yeah, because what this is, guys, for your little film studies classes is not, actually green screen this is called chroma key or chroma replacement this is what they used to do all the time in actual 70s 80s doctor who which is the actors are standing on a solid colored you know stage blue or green probably Mm -hmm. blue and this image is replaced the blue but the thing of it is is that it it is just sort of static in the television screen so that when they zoom out, the background stays exactly the same, but the people move and it's incredibly disorienting, which is why the trick of it is you never change the lens. You always have to like hold it steady. Otherwise it looks ridiculous and they are constantly zooming out and zooming in and it looks bananas. It's so wonderful. It's so, I'm telling you, they spent so much money on the Phantom of the Opera video that they were like, we have $5 left. We're just doing this costs this. nothing. That, that's nothing. why they do it. It costs absolutely nothing. Like you say, this is stock footage they have of a sky or a beach or a something. And mm-hmm. the other thing important to know is that the actors cannot see the background in any way. So they have no idea how this looks behind them. So the first time right. they would have seen it was when they went up into the playback. Food. And I'm sure there was a moment of like, huh, well, all right. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> wild great it's so wild oh man and then we get into don't cry for me argentina another Mm -hmm. huge hit um but interestingly not elaine page not not elaine page no 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 we have it's the premiere collection so we have to go 
with our original Julie Covington. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is, I never left you. All through my wild days, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. And if you want to hear more about Patrick and talking about Evita, you can go to the uh, that I recommend. Yeah, the Billy the Billy Ricci Billy episode. Ricci, yes, the cage the cast album cage match. It was the yes. thrill in Manila with me and Billy, and uh, we and it was we thrilling. It was thrilling. That was that was quite a thing. I love doing that. <laughs> I hope we could do another one of those sometime. Uh, but I also kind of never want to hear a Vita again as long as I live. That was the unfortunate side do, effect. I'm going to do all the Hello Dollies with you. <laughs> That's fine because I'm already there. So it's good. Like I'm starting from that from that point. Uh, <laughs> then we get into Magical Mr. Mistopheles with Paul Nicholas. We sure do. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as Magical Mr. And yeah, I, I loved this version until I got um, Terrence Mann singing it on the Broadway cast album. Right. I thought this version was great. And then I heard mm-hmm. Terrence Mann sing it. And I was like, oh, where has this been all my all your my whole life? life? Yes. <laughs> Because it's Terrence Mann. Uh, now this is and and the the other one that's like very famous in England that's on here is Variations One Through Four, which is not on the Variations album, which I have. Not this right. exact version of it. It's only on no. this this recording, and it's the version that was used and still is used, I think, as the theme song to the South Bank show on Correct. London Weekend Television. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a music video of him. Yes, there is, and it's it. great. Oh, it's great. It is insane. And he definitely looks like his brother. Oh, yeah. Julian Lloyd Webber on cello. I mean, it's like. You just want to cut his hair. Well, and I didn't realize. Wash it. Well, I mean, well, again, that's that's the time period. There's so many sweaters. There's so many like what look like very warm sweaters and very big collars in these jumpers. videos. So many jumpers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really remarkable. Uh, but you. You, I didn't realize until fairly recently how big of a cellist Julian Lloyd Webber is. Oh, in huge the classical music scene in in England. He's massive. Mm-hmm. He's a he has lots of albums and recordings. Like the cellist you get if you're if you're doing a piece. I guess he's, the, I'm not going to go so far as to call him the British Yo Yo Ma, but I guess he's like like in that. In I that mean, vein. the whole Lloyd Webber family. The father was a celebrated right. musician. Yeah. It's God bless. Yeah. Uh, Nice work if you can get it. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to. I go track by track because then we're going to lose the encore. Uh, Uh, (laughs) And I don't want to lose the encore. Yes and no. Listen, like we can jump really quickly. We get Murray Head doing Superstar from the from the from the concept concept album. album. Yeah. We get Elaine Page's single memory. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we get Marty Webb doing "Take Your Look Off Your." Oh, you skipped uh, Starlight sorry. Express. Oh, I sure you did. Which I still like. I love now. This is a cut from the cast album, and yes, from I the love London it. live album. Right, and I love it because you 
you get the great awkward opening to Starlight Express and then mm-hmm. the like proper song starts. It's it, the track is far too long. It should have been edited down, but 100%. it really gives you a good sense of the show, which I didn't know until I heard the show. And I was like, oh, it all sounds like this. OK. And then, yes. Then and then we get... we get Marty Webb singing Tell Me on a Sunday, which breaks my heart yes. every single time I hear it. It is a, one of the most beautiful songs Andrew Lloyd Webber ever wrote. And this is the performance of it. Don't write a letter. When you want to leave Don't call me at 3 a.m. From a friend's apartment I'd like to choose How I hear the news Take me to a park That's covered with trees Tell me on a sun The only thing I hate are uh, Take Me to a Zoo That's Got Chimpanzees. That is a terrible lyric. Yeah, well, it's hard to rhyme the word please uh, is what is what uh, Don Black learns early Give me on. some cheese. And give me some cheese. Tell me on a Sunday. Buy me a wheat thin and give me some cheese. There you are. There it is. We solved it. Call we Don. solved the problem. Call Don. Get him on the horn. Uh, did you, I read today, you might already know this, why Don Black wrote the lyrics to that instead of Tim Rice, that, that, no. that, al- that show. Is it, it so, when Tim was working on chess? Probably. So cricket. the, tell me on a Sunday being a one woman show about a, a woman in a relationship and she sings all the, you know, sings all the songs, mm-hmm. That's the, the conceit, two people we do not meet, um, was Tim Rice's idea. And for their follow up to Evita, because they wanted to do a show that was much smaller. They didn't want to do like another big show. They wanted to do something small. And they started yeah. to develop it. And then apparently Andrew Lloyd Webber figured out that Tim Rice was developing it for Elaine Page, mm-hmm. who at the time he was having an affair with very openly. And yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber apparently disapproved and didn't want to seem like he approved of this extramarital relationship so he broke off their partnership <laughs> and got don black to do the lyrics instead that's hilarious it's wild so we we round out not, not to be too gl- i mean we get music of the night another suitcase sure. another hall i don't know how to love mm-hmm. him pa yezu like it's a real it's also got a really good side one and side two. I want to say Superstar closes yes. side one, memory kicks Correct. off side two. Very, very well programmed in that regard. Now, yes. Yeahesu is a music video that is on the music and, video. Uh, and again, lots of sweaters. This is where I, so this that, is when I started to notice the sweaters. Like a lot sweaters, of sensible sweaters. And I think and it's taking place during that mudslide. Oh, I, I thought it was Crown. Northern Ireland. Do you watch The Crown? Do I watch The Crown? No, I do not watch The Crown. Because there was like that mudslide that like took out a school in England. And I thought that that's what that's referencing. Maybe it is war. Great question. I thought it was Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, I just assumed that based on uh, just actually based on nothing, just sort of generally assumed it was it was the I'm trying to pull it up real fast here uh, to see if the comments in the YouTube video tell you what it uh, <laughs> um, but uh oh god they're all in russian uh sure. lovely now yeah requiem is one of those um 
interesting compositions. It was a Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a Requiem Mass for his father, mm-hmm. uh, and it's performed by Sarah Brightman, uh, Placido Domingo, and um, the and young... this boy soprano Paul Miles Kingston. That's his name. Yes, Paul Miles mm-hmm. Kingston, who I was, who I did Google before this, and was very happy to find out just as to become a music teacher. Seems like a perfectly nice guy. looks like a little lesbian in that music video god bless <laughs> hey you know it, it was the 80s nobody got out alive but uh, I mean... it's so it's so difficult to yeah i mean she she looks great again and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah yeah this looks more like a natural disaster than yeah than otherwise it's it's hard to tell but it's certainly I... some kind of tragedy it's an I'm... odd it's an odd juxtaposition a... of images it's a I choice because Sarah Brightman and and Paul Young Paul are you know sweatered and dressed and look like they're on their way to Sunday school, standing in front of a background that you would find at a like elementary school photo day, and mm-hmm. like then all of a sudden there's like a young girl, you know, watch, watching firemen dig stuff out of rubble with an expression on her face that would you know make Cosette blush. So I don't like quite know looking for their siblings or something, right or something. You certainly get that impression. <laughs> buck wild, absolutely buck yeah. wild. So this 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 wraps up disc one, which was such a, you know, a a perennial album in my life. So that when 1992 rolled around, Mm -hmm. what did what did young Patrick get for Christmas? The premier collection, the premier collection encore in its gold disc. It is. I mean, to say that it's pretentious, even for Andrew Lloyd Webber and in the packaging is Mm -hmm. is remarkable. It is incredibly pretentious packaging. I so would amazing. love to read you the all music album moods for this album. Are you? Oh, ready? I am ready. I am prepared. Dramatic, theatrical, yes. soothing, elaborate, mm. passionate, romantic, yearning, refined, spring like, warm, sentimental, gentle, delicate, literate, poignant, searching, lush. Reflective, sweet, wistful. Searching. What does that even mean as a mood? Uh, I guess they're wishing they were somehow here again. That's true. That feels a little searchy. He's searching. It's not Amigos para siempre. That's for for Dan. Let's talk about it. Amigos para siempre, you always be my friend. Amigos So it's, it's, it's 1992. This is a very important leap because mm-hmm. when the first one comes out, Phantom has is running and is doing well. But like, it's not. There, there's something that like it's this it, a good time for a greatest hits album because you kind of might feel like this might be the end sort of vibe for that. But mm-hmm. then, you know, Phantom in '92 is a phenomenon. And in 92, 
we mm-hmm. get our Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, 91, 92, whenever that happened. The re revi- you know, London revival that then spawned the tour, that then spawned the Broadway, you know, the, the version of Joseph you know and love today. The, the Joseph that spawned a million Joseph albums. Yes, with the yeah. coat hanger cape mm-hmm. and albums that are having listened to uh, more than one of them for this podcast, uh, all basically the same. They're, they're the same yeah. tracks with the singer slot with either Donny Osmond or Jason Donovan or, or whoever Michael you have. Damon. or Michael mm-hmm. Damon. And, and it's yep. yeah, they're, if you have one, you have them all. Please don't get more than one. Uh, I but, own them all. Yeah. Well, so and so do I. But the <laughs> but, but it's my job, you know, just because no one's paying sure. me doesn't mean it's not my job. But <laughs> the so then we have. So now we're into Joseph Town. We have aspects of love mm-hmm. and we're we're going to start you know this now we're now it's the 90s now it, it is, sure is you know early 90s which is really peak 80s probably and the arrangements are going to tell you you know everything you need to know and we kick it off with the song the theme for wrote. the olympics is that what it was it was the olympics yes okay for the barcelona 92 olympics amigos para siempre uh which is uh which uh, stands for friends for life performed by Jose sure Carreras and Sarah Brightman when did they get divorced uh like 95 96 okay. because she so... also did aspects of love on broadway oh, okay for a bit in fact on Aurora's oh, says... woman's youtube you can watch her acting uh through a song what what are you reading they got divorced in 90 Wow. She went in after that. Well, yeah. I mean, he was writing a song for her to sing on the moon. Remember? I do. I do remember that. <laughs> on the moon. When she was going back to the motherland. But that's that's um, right. Yeah. Right. From the home <laughs> ship. Yeah. Yeah. So this video is everything Sarah Brightman th- thinks in her mind. She oh, is. yes. Yes, 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 yes. This the big hair has peak. arrived. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, And we're just like a couple years away from time to say goodbye which made her the biggest star yes right yeah this song is crazy yeah that's the thing is this not a good song like it was really which is uh, and as someone who had bought you know the the had gotten this and was very excited to have some some tracks that I knew, but I was assuming going to be different versions and another song from Starlight Express and all this stuff. I was really excited to to get this to to kick it off with Amigos Para Siempre. Really bummed me out. It was a real like, oh man, no, like is this going to be? And then it keeps happening. We get a few tracks on here like this that are yes. that are like contemporary pop hits that he wrote for because you know, at this point in his career he's being asked to do this he's the mm-hmm. most famous composer in britain he's being asked right. to you know he's like the john williams of musical theater he's and the one they're possibly get. the most famous composer in the world yeah in 92 yeah that's entirely yeah. possible phantom yeah, of the absolutely. opera is, is an international everywhere. success. Yeah. Yeah. He's Joseph's everywhere. It's he's, he's not yeah. judging TV shows yet. He's nope. still thought of as a composer and mm-hmm. is everywhere. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 
he's the one to who would write that song. And I can only think of one other musical theater writer who's written uh, a song for an Olympic Games, and it was um, Leslie Brickus. So close. It was Frank Wildhorn. Oh, and God. whoever he wrote Camille Claudel with, I think that's Nan Kite. And the song God. is called Gold, which became a Linda Etter, the uh, song title, the, the album title of a Linda Etter album. You have to live the life you're given And never close your eyes You hold on and stare into the skies And He's there's he, that's just like one off because everything else yeah. is from a musical on this record uh, uh, or musical adjacent. Uh, am I wrong? Oh, yeah, I am wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. We're going to come back you know, around to another sports theme here in a we couple. We sure cuts. are. I forgot uh, about it. <laughs> um, but uh, and oh, I can't imagine why Rob <laughs> this like gorgeous tune skipped your mind. But damn it, <laughs> the uh, yes, we love changes everything. Michael Ball it sure does. Just doing Michael Ball all over the place. Love, love changes everything. Hands and faces, earth and sky. Love, love changes everything. How you live and how you die. There is a full-ass music video for this. Yes, there with, is. like him pulling up in a Duesenberg or something. Um, and everybody it looks in exactly what you want it to look like. Yes, yes, it looks it looks great. It it it's, uh it really and it is the quintessential '90s outfit of uh mock turtleneck, Oxford shirt, spenders. Uh-huh. You don't get that anywhere else, but in 1992, and uh, nope. it was all over it. And I loved that look at at 12. I thought that was he's amazing. definitely he's definitely dressed for the show. He's in yes. costume. Yes. You know, I, I use it is, loose air quotes. Yes, you are absolutely it's, right. It's that he definitely like, wear, yeah. he definitely wore that on like the cover of his first album as well, which was um, mm-hmm. self-titled. Oh, is it called self-titled Eponet. or is it called Michael Ball? It's called uh, Michael Ball. It's called Eponymous. Oh, uh, Epi- what, what? oh eponymous. No. eponymous. Eponymous. The only yeah. person who's got an album that's literally titled self-titled is Billy Porter. And that's and that's probably how that should stay. He did that, and then we get yes. So then we kick along here, and we get our savior of this why did year. You, yeah, why you signed the up? Original... <laughs> yeah, you signed up. You wanted Barbara. You got Barbara. You Barbara got... Joan Streisand. Yes, from singing. her album Memories, Memories. she sings Memory. She does. Uh, the rest of the songs on that album are are they re-records or is it a greatest? No, hits? it's a greatest hits with like okay. one or two new tracks. Okay. Uh, well, that's good. But uh, <laughs> good for you. Go, good you for you. 
Good for you. Good for you. It, Good the for album's you. called Memories, uh, but that's like where you don't bring me flowers and New York State of Mind and all that, the way we were and stuff. It's yeah. all like it's essentially a greatest hits with like two new songs. One of them being Memory. But then again, like you want to talk about weird programming. So, so, sure. so, so far we've had Amigos Par Sempre, that's Sarah Brightman and Jose Carrera. We've had yep. Love Changes Everything, Michael Ball. We've had Memory, Barbara Streisand. We are in a diva's frame of mind so naturally mm-hmm. track four has to be i am the starlight <laughs> i am salted and rachel i am obsessed with this track You know, no complaints. I love Starlight Express, but it is a weird because we go back to Diva Town, back to the long. We go back to the longing, the searching. This is uh, so. This is the the song your your friend and and, and my Twitter acquaintance uh, Mark Robinson uh, listed in his great article of uh, show tunes I skip, mm-hmm. uh, wishing you were somehow here again, which I take issue with because I love this song. <laughs> And this music video, there is a, the accompanying video. Also, Ken Russell is a mood. <laughs> it's a mood. <laughs> well, because it was released as a single. Like the 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 funny thing about Phantom is that it was like because Chess came before it, so it is like yes. maybe the last Broadway, like West End Broadway musical, to do singles in the traditional sense before the show came out. I'm trying like, to remember if that's true or not. It probably isn't true. I mean, I'm just going to guess. Time. Yes. But like, like certainly of me- this era where you had mm-hmm. to press, like there are yes. 45s. Like it, so it yeah. put out 45s of The Phantom of the Opera with Steve Harley and Sarah Brightman. All I ask of you with Cliff Richard and Sarah Brightman. And then while the show was running, but before the cast album came out, they put out a double A side. Music, of the, night. music mm-hmm. of the Night. And Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again, which yes. was really just like, promo it was very cheaply put together but they did shoot two videos for it and this is just the other you know the other cut of that um i believe this is this the music of the night is different than the version that's on the cast album i believe this is the version they use on the cast album as well probably yeah Uh, i i tried to listen to them side by side and i couldn't detect any notice she said you want me to what i'm not recording that again what yeah (laughs) no uh, well, and also, I mean, Angela Weber famously, at least it, it famously to me, uh, cheap with his cast albums. Um, if it meant she didn't have to record the song, which meant they didn't have to pay for one more afternoon. Like, I believe he probably said, sure. Sounds great. Uh, I, and just, just moved on. I don't uh, know. This was his love letter to her. Like, if she was like, I'm going to re-record it, he would have said yes. He w- But it's a really good performance. I mean, she yeah. really... She doesn't like this is a great performance of this song. It's it's like when Mary Maisie, uh, I'm sorry, when Audra recorded Your Daddy's Son, the cast mm-hmm. album uses the same as that highlights album that came out a few years before because mm-hmm. it was so perfect. There was nothing you could do that would be better. Yeah. Same thing with this song. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's really, really right. great. Take and me then Argentina. We go, so we go to Argentine Melody, which is like, I mean, it's one of these weird things. It's this. <laughs> instrumental that was used Mm -hmm. 
1978, not for the World Cup. It was used for the for the BBC's coverage of the World Cup um, and peaked at number 14 on the singles charts. You know they called him because oh you wrote Evita, sure. Oh yeah, it, it's and he and Tim Rice were pop songwriters for a period of time. I mean, he would have yes. had connections in this in He'll this vein. Um, he will whether you want him to or not. Uh, they so you know it, it it makes sense that it exists. What doesn't make sense is that it's on this album, like in any kind of way. To me, it's a real, it's a deep it's a, cut. It's a deep cut, and it, but it's not even a fun deep cut. It feels like bragging in a weird way. It feels like, which is weird on a Greatest Hits album. But I it, have it, to say, there's nowhere else that it's going to be released. You know what oh, I mean? certainly not. Yeah. So, right, that's the, true. So get it out there. This is why, yeah, if he wants to monetize it in some way, this is the only way to do it. We're still in the first half of the of the album, though. It's such an odd... I mean, I guess you don't want to put it last because then definitely nobody's going to listen to it. No. Uh, and you... But, you know. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I would have ended this album with the Joseph Megamix, but that is not even on this album. That is not All a right. choice. No. Yes. We go from Argentina to Argentina. To Argentina. To David literally Essex. To, Argentina. to David Essex, the second Che, first on stage, second in our hearts. Uh, oh, what a circus. Not even, not even second in our hearts, probably. Uh, no, you you never even think about him, even though he was a no. massive star. He was, and and there is a music video to go with this as well. It um, is wild. It is wild. His and he is. Let's talk about his facial hair. Yeah, it's really something. It's peak it late seventies. Yeah, a choice like because there is a, a full separation of mustache and beard. Yeah, and I want you to imagine, sort of like a neck dear beard. listener. A, a full mm-hmm. beard, and then I want you to to imagine that with like a one inch on either side of what is the goatee uh-huh. region has been yep. shaved clean away, and the neck has been shaved. So that and so the has goatee the soul has been allowed, but the soul patch has been shaved, and the goatee has been allowed to grow long, and yes. then put a beret on that, and you have a lot of look. Basically, what you have is a is a tremendous amount of look. That's exactly what Tim Gunn would say. That's a lot yeah, of look. That's a lot of look. And he, again, it's so funny. Billy and I talked about this in the cage match, but it's so funny what a stamp Mandy Patinkin put on this role that everything after it is sort of shades of that version of Che, that mania, that specific style. And David Essex comes right before that. So he's sort of just like, he's doing his own thing. Mandy Patinkin's nowhere to be seen. And it's just such an odd thing. Mm -hmm. Because Colm Wilkinson... Cole Wilkinson's whole vibe on the concept album is a lot closer to Mandy Patinkin than yeah. just naturally than David Essex's and David mm-hmm. Essex's whole energy, which is a lot more like Murray head is like just kind of, okay. Like it works and he sings and the album is good. The, the original West end highlights album that, that he's on. It's but okay. This is, I don't think yeah. it actually sounds great. Um, I will say Antonio Banderas is the person who broke the Mandy mold. Yes. Which yes. good, great. All yes. right. Oh, it should be broken. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. Don't don't try to imitate Mandy Patinkin. Friends, that way go watch lies. that music video. 
because that God. music video is wackadoo. Uh, yes. Now, now we get so this is the 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 weirdest one. I th- is this the weirdest one when you think about it? So is no, it's not. This the there's a later one that's weird. The so this is seeing is believing. No way of knowing where this is leading. It's fun forgetting who we are. Who cares when now the world is far behind us? We're gonna get four aspects of love cuts all together. Because that and was the new hit. It was the new or show. Trying to make it a new hit. Yeah. And I, I, I will say, unlike. Uh, after I listened to the premiere collection OG, I did not run out and buy aspects of love after I uh, listened to this album. It didn't, uh, didn't do great. So we have seeing is believing, which is the song my high school chorus sang for three years. I sang that song, um, the tenor one part along with everybody else in that section. Um, it's a perfectly cromulent song. It just, you know, yeah, it's very it's fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah which is what most aspects of love is is perfectly fine like there's uh, you know there are some beautiful melodies in aspects of love mm-hmm. yeah uh and w- w- my big intro to aspects of love is um uh Lori Beachman made this beautiful mm-hmm. Lloyd Webber album and she sings love changes everything but she also does a stunning anything but lonely on it mm. um and that album just got put out digitally finally after years. So seek it Ooh. out. It's just called the Android Weber album. Um, it's one of those Bruce Kimmel albums. So some arrangements are interesting. Choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Choices are made. But, yeah, yeah. And she does sing Amigos Pato Siempre on it <laughs> with, I believe, Davis Gaines. <laughs> but hey, I saw him play Phantom when I saw Phantom for the first time. He was my Phantom. Well, that's a gift 19, for all of us. 1992. At the time, when I saw him do it, yeah. he had performed the role the most. It was in his bio that he had, yeah, that makes was sense. The longest running Phantom. And um, now it's like, oh god, I don't know. Who cares? The, I just want to say, seeing is believing has a music video as well. Yeah, with with his excellent um, costume. That's the uh, yeah. That's the the joy of that video is the i mean he's such a funny looking dude <laughs> can we can we agree i mean not in a bad yeah. way it's it's just like he's very he's just very sweet boyish good looks kind of guy i mean he looks like marius which is who he was and that makes right. perfect sense mm-hmm. but i don't know just in the especially the seeing is believing video where susanna fellow is like sleeping on his arm <laughs> like it's just right. it's this is definitely this is definitely the um the all I ask of you video of yes. this show. Of this this volume, this collection. Right. Yeah. Where they had no money. It's... So they were like, just right. sit on the set. Just sit on the set. Um, we're gonna film it. Yeah. Throw your big wig on. Well, and I love, I mean, I mean, it's just it's also such great blocking that yep. like he he sings his part and then like he pretends to fall asleep on her shoulder and she sings her half and it's really just like Trevor Nunn so I swear, rich you just i mean he's but Trevor Nunn is one of those directors where it's like 
you you kind of I feel in this song the sort of vibe that um Sondheim talks about with uh Maria mm-hmm. when Jerry Robbins was like, What is he doing? He's like, Well, he's just singing Maria, and he like threw the script at him famously and said, Well, then you stage it. You stage it. And yeah, and it was that thing of like, oh, the valuable lesson he took from that was that, oh, we, I need to know, like, I have to have an idea of what the character's doing. They may not, they may not need it, but like, I need to think about that when I'm writing. And there are so many songs, especially in Aspect of Love, that are just park and barks to me, and they go on yep. for, they're all down tempo, and they go on for five and a half minutes. <laughs> Do you realize that he's about to jump back into Aspects of Love? Oh, why in the West End? Oh, and still okay. sings love changes everything and so i have questions yeah none of well, them are going to be answered but no is this bad aspects of love which way are we going with this is this michael I... ball going to walk out and spray paint bad like is he suddenly the uncle <laughs> or is or is he like <laughs> looking back on that chapter of his life it must be that right it must be one of those like remember when i did this yeah because he's a really young character right i don't know aspects of love story-wise very well i know the score pretty well but i don't really i mean what's the forbidden broadway is i i sleep with everyone (laughs) have i slept with you that's too bad um (laughs) who's to say listen Uh, so then you know the album yeah then the album album... lurches forward Into cats, so backwards but forwards, to the Jellicle Ball. I mean, who programmed this damn thing? Because when we talk about the first volume, you and I Mm -hmm. agreed, it was incredibly well put together. The song selection was good. It was balanced of like, we're not going to do too much from Phantom. We're going to we're going to spread the songs out a little bit. We're going to you know, there's a song from each album, each show on each side, basically, of the of the basically and like Mm -hmm. you can, you know, it's very balanced. And this is really just like since they're dealing with the CD, I get that they don't have the time constraint issues that they had. But right. What is the Jellicle Ball doing smack in the middle of this album? (laughs) I wonder if. I wonder if on the cassette it opened side two. It opened side two. It probably did. Because eight, there are 16 songs and Scene is right. Believing is number eight. So probably eight, eight. that was like the on track. Uh, yeah. But does it work on cassette? I I, I don't know. It, it was also like it's it says here. That, so this was we were talking <laughs> earlier about the Argentine melody, which was the 1978 BBC TV World Cup theme. Mm-hmm. And apparently this version of the Jellicle Ball was the 1982 World Cup grandstand theme. Sure. Whatever. Why not? Now we get into the the uh, the what what I was most interested in at when this came out because I had the original Broadway cast recording of Joseph, which I absolutely loved, and the sure. new versions of Joseph were just coming out. This was the new, you know, the, the revival kit with the the great coat hanger poster, which you've seen a yep. thousand times. Great logo. And I was like, great. I really can't wait to hear these tracks. Two different performers, two different, ver- you know, it's really going to be really interesting. Um, I was immediately let down by this version of Eddie <laughs> Trevel 2, which I've gone on record as saying I do not care for. But sure. 
that's a personal taste. I respect. I understand that it, I am in the minority. I think on this, this <laughs> sort of um, yeah quasi reggae arrangement of uh, any dream will do. Far, far. I like the arrangement of it. Um, I don't know that Jason Donovan's like the greatest singer in the world. Sure. Uh, but the Joseph albums were super formative for me in terms of diva worship. And it was all mm. about who could belt Pharaoh's yeah. story the highest. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Who's your narrator? That's what you want to know. But yeah. Is it Lindsay? Is it Kelly Rabke? Is it Janet Metz? Unclear. Mm-hmm. For me, it was right. Lindsay. Um, <laughs> but... Also, Beachman. So, so, oh, right. quick plug has nothing to do with this album, but on YouTube sure. right now is a spectacular one hour documentary about the life of Lori Beachman that was Ooh. made. Uh, it's narrated by Rosie O'Donnell and like Cam Mack is on it and Andrew right. Weber. Uh, and there's a bunch of like footage of her in concert and footage of her um, in Joseph and stuff like that. So worth seeking out. Listen to her heart, the life and music yeah. of Laurie Beachman. I am mm-hmm. bookmarked, and there'll be a link in the show notes. That's awesome. Let's move to the Widow Brightman. I was going to say, is there something in there? I mean, I'm all for amicable divorce, but is there something in the settlement that said, and every time we do a compilation album, she has to get a cut? <laughs> no. What had happened is she had recorded an album early in her career that was called the music of Angelaide Weber, where mm. she and he are on the cover uh, looking strange. Um, <laughs> and uh, neither of them has good resting face. You know, it doesn't, they don't have a good neutral smile. No. And, and <laughs> she, uh, the music I'm looking it up because it's just so crazy. Um, and she's gone on to record other albums of his but it's oh, called sure. sarah sarah brightman sings the music of angelaid weber and she's got um oh my god a mountain of hair <laughs> that's what that right? is that is a mountain of hair <laughs> and and like a red possibly stewardess pan am jacket oh my gosh uh, and he looks superimposed yes. uh, and the logo that's on it was like the um the music of angelaid weber tour that ran around that's like the g club and then the american flag and the british flag for no chest suddenly um (laughs) i think is there a mexican flag in between and i'm not maybe it's the canadian flag maybe it's supposed uh, to be toronto (laughs) i can't tell it's folded under australia unclear here we go Um, who knows Unclear. gang there's a link say? to this in the show notes too i'm just putting yeah. all kinds of links in these show notes you know what see this stuff. <laughs> uncle robbie the patron <laughs> the patron godfather of our the fairy godmother right. yeah i don't like to brag um <laughs> just i bring everything to you and i say you, do. you want some treats here's a treat there, and here it you've is you've been good <laughs> you deserve, you deserve it for a little treat. you deserve this <laughs> the other Sarah Brightman, Angeloid Weber album, Surrender, The Unexpected Songs. She definitely sings like yeah. one of those songs in Italian for no reason. Um, I think it's memory in Italian and it's a choice. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's called. Well, no, no. Don't um, they say he stole the score from Puccini? So that that, that must sound pretty <laughs> nice. 
Um, choices are made. Choices are made. I mean, choices yes, we we can say, I, I and I I think this is one of the reasons why I keep coming back to this album, to these videos, all these things is they they are choices. They're everybody's making choices, and I think yeah. that I've said it before, and I'll say mm-hmm. it again. It, it's so much more interesting to watch people make choices than people sort of like half-assedly do something. And '90s Angela Weber is nothing but choices. <laughs> it's also just fascinating to watch Sarah Brightman in general mm-hmm. with her choices mm-hmm. because they're all strong and wrong at mm-hmm. every possible opportunity, and mm-hmm. yet she has more fans than I will ever have i mean she has a gorgeous voice she has an absolutely gorgeous voice and it'll i think no i think she at this point i'm talking peak i'm, I'm not you know i'm not sure. i'm not speaking for her now yes. i have not heard i don't think i've heard her sing anything recorded after that red angela oh album, the eden album because, yeah oh weird um, because they're like after that came like her big hit time to say goodbye Oh, okay. Well, I've definitely heard that. All right. Well, maybe yeah. I have. But in any event, pe- her she at her peak. Mm-hmm. She she's really she's doing it, and and she really it, keyed into like the claymates of the world, who were mm-hmm. Clay Aiken fans. Mm-hmm. Like they were watching PBS concerts. Yes, and she's a good concert. Pre- I mean, she doesn't have any any presence anything uh yeah. but 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 because you know she has such bizarre concepts yeah it I mean, just... that's it she's such an individual it's uh-huh. like uh-huh yeah. and again we love we love choices you know, thank love you for making a choice choices. speaking thank of choices right close every door <laughs> yep <laughs> now this i loved when in this this track and this arrangement mm-hmm. i love the choir i love the acapella section it's a little overdone but it's Joseph, so who gives a damn? For we know we shall fight our own peace of mind. For we have been promised a land Philip Schofield, who's singing it, was uh, the first replacement. Uh, he replace yes. Jason Donovan in the show. So it's interesting that he was preserved because generally they're not. Yeah, this was a single. This was released. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was such a big deal. This was released as a single in Britain. And yeah. that's that's why we have it. This, this and, and I, I don't remember what the B-side was, but it was, it, they recorded two songs with him. It's probably an uh, will do. It was probably the Megamix. Oh. Or something like that. Noticeably absent from this uh, this album. Which is um, weird because it's on the video. But so before we get to the <laughs> okay, Megamix, though, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about the music the video for Close Hello. So here's this is this is what's so great about YouTube. So if you just look at the thumbnail for the mm-hmm. music video, he's wearing glasses and he looks super intense and his mouth is sort of open in a very like strong note and i was like oh this is gonna be like great 90s serious drama thing and then (laughs) you start watching it and it's one of those like super lazy music videos they did sometimes where it's just video i mean in this case i think recreated from but some of it actual from the recording session of the Mm -hmm. song and like (laughs) 
combined with footage of the show, but also right. combined with him wandering the theater in black and white. Right. For a show it's... that's called The Amazing Technicolor, Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes. It's it I'm gonna say I'm, I'm I'm putting it out there that this inspired Sunset Boulevard, the musical. Because ah. Andrews looked at it and said, black and white. Yes. Right. Sunset. Yes. Sunset. While finally. he stroked a kitten. Right. Like, well, <laughs> like Mr. Se- Dr. Or, Evil. Or several. Also, I mean, I think <laughs> I, 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 could, I could conservatively uh, spend 10 minutes on his shirt vest combination in this yeah, video let's as well. Yeah, please. I mean, please. it's... It's just, yeah, this is absolutely faked. He's not wearing cans. He looks too good. No. This is absolutely faked footage. Like grinning. And, yeah. It's and they're, honestly, having, they're having such a good time putting this thing together. The super serious song. It's the music videos <laughs> that, that uh, Broadway record labels release of like recording sessions. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. To drum up interest. Right. Nobody watches them. Um yeah, and then he's like it. Jack the Ripper in a Dutch angle and black and white with a trench coat walking through London. It's so weirdly bizarre. looking like he's about to be in Frank Wildhorn's Jackal and Hyde. We're really going from some strong and wrong here now uh-huh. because so here's my question about the first man you remember. I want to be the first man you remember. Yes. This is a love song him. between two cousins, right? Am I right about that in the show? Yes. Yeah, okay. they're definitely cousins who are doing yeah. things. And she's super young in the show, right? Or at least she was in the original version. They may have yeah. changed that. Yeah, I think she's like 17. Okay. 16, she, 17. Like, she's not... They go out of their way in the Wikipedia summary to mention that she's underage. So, yes. I, know, I mean, which does mean anything under 18. So, you know, right. there's a lot of women. But also, under, but still. Like oof. that novel. Uh huh. Yeah. When was the novel? You have a published? source material. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it's old, aspects right? Aspects of Love. Oh, 1955. It's not that old. Um, But, but still, that would, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's drawing on romantic sort of. It was a thirteen-year-old a... in the novel. Oh, of course it was. Oh God. Oh, mm-hmm. that's gross. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. Well. Oh man. That's yep. wild. She's Ugh, seventeen okay. in the. Um... <laughs> she's she's a little bit older. Well, yeah. she's in high school anyway. Seven. Good. Good God. Um, oh no, twelve. But then grows up. Wait, Jesus. Well, we all... Sorry, Wikipedia. Let's nuts. stop. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop reading this because it's, it's... so many ages, friends, <laughs> and none of these answers are good. Like the answers are getting nope. better, and then they're getting worse, 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 worse. Yep. But we're just um, gonna run away. There is a damn music video, and it is there is exactly what you think it is. Yep, it is. It's it's and again, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. No, it's There's aggressively especially fine. Silly about it. Yeah, it's just fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we're it, back to the Widow Brightman again. I know. She comes right back with... But uh, she did Aspects of Love on West End and on Broadway. Right. So at least uh, we're As in... a replacement. Right. She, she didn't originate. Who sales? No. Anne Crum did. <laughs> right. uh, 
<laughs> but then to boost sales, they brought her in. They brought in Sarah Brightman. Yeah. And guess what? Anything for sales a buck. We're not boosted. We're not boosted. No, we're not. We're no. not boosted. I like this song though. Anything but lonely? Song. I do too. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Anything but lonely is a nice song. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it's there's nothing okay. Like this really is just a show full of. It's fine. Hmm. He really thought after Phantom. Well, I'm a serious writer now, because like pre Phantom, mm-hmm. his musicals were fun. Yes. Yes. All of that them. is the thing. All of them are fun. Every the, the the man I mean we could go Joseph superstar mm-hmm. Evita which is the most serious one he had going is still, still a fun. lot of fun still mm-hmm. a lot of fun cats I mean give me a break fun yeah absolutely song and dance starlight yeah starlight express and nothing but fun, fun. and then you're Phantom. right we hit Phantom of the Opera and except for the like the by Jeeves remount sort of sure. thing which was started before mm-hmm. uh, Phantom. He does aspects of love, whistle down Serious. the wind. Serious. Um, sunset. Sunset. Oh God, I forgot about sunset. Yeah, I mean, like and the then most serious. beautiful game. Uh, like all yeah. of those very serious, very serious. Dour, something almost. It's it's yeah. almost the Vicky Clark syndrome. Uh, and let mm. me qualify. Yeah, please that. elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speak so, to Vicky. That. I would love to. Thanks for asking, uh, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky like started her career in these very fun musicals, uh, playing very fun sort of zany roles. Um, how to succeed? She was the best friend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanic. She was like the zany person on the ship, etc. Then uh, and like replacing in Urine Town, um, where and she was zany in that. Uh, she just also had that energy. She was a lot of fun on stage. And then she was nominated for and won the Tony for The Light in the Piazza, which was very serious. And people Mm -hmm. stopped seeing her as a comic actress for a Mm -hmm. very long time. Um, And so it was like Sister Act, where the show was fun, but she was not. Mm -hmm. Um, Cinderella, where, again, almost same thing. It's just like a, a series of you used to be so fun. Now mm-hmm. she is again. Like, I think she's rekindled that joy, but I wonder if she thought, and maybe that's what Lloyd Webber thought. Um, I'm thrilled to be pop psychoanalyzing both of these mm-hmm. much richer people uh, on <laughs> this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if she thought I won awards for this. This is what is expected of me now. Mm-hmm. Because at in that same time, she also made like a beautiful album, but like a very serious I Am a Soprano mm-hmm. singing actress album. And if Lloyd Webber, Phantom is the biggest musical yeah, theater mean, success of all time, I have right. to write serious things. And it took yeah. him a long time to find fun again. And that was School of Rock. 
I oh that's true. Okay, so that was like his first comedy in a very long time. Very I, I, I mean, long obviously, time. we're dealing with an actor and a com- and a composer, so they're two different. Like, because Vicky's situation probably is tied to what she was getting offered, you know, or getting called in for. And when you win for Light in the Piazza, that that can really yep. affect what people start to ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, I wonder how much of that for him. Because I never know how much he picks his subject matter. I know he picked. Oh, he picks. Sons of mo- he's usually like the driving thing. Then, it, yeah, then it, it's a question of who his collaborators are. Also, like who is mm-hmm. who are the book writers? Who are the people? Who are the who are the librettists? Who are the ones who are shaping? Because you could pick a very serious subject with Tim Rice. He's gonna put something silly in there somewhere. That's right. just his. That's his, but and also like Tim, musically, it's not yeah fun. Very, I mean, Sunset Boulevard is fun occasionally. Camp. I mean, but it's 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 so Nora Desmond is so over the top and so extreme, and the, and the the world sure. is so great that it it just sort of it, it stops it from being somber in 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 like that very boring kind of way. It soars, yes, but like it. so, it's very, very much about the strings, like the. The cello won't remember. Right. A lot of that. There's just not I'm so glad that we (laughs) We went to the exact we both went to listening. (laughs) If you're still listening (laughs) eight years later, we are so grateful that you've heard all of my opinions. All right. But you know what we passed? The point of no return. Which is now all of a sudden we're back to it. Like after, you know, singles and cut tracks mm-hmm. and like alternate versions. Now we're just going to slam in like this. They song said, from we Adam. need some, we need some phantom on here. Michael Crawford sells records. You guys. Yes. Michael Crawford does sell records. And another like back to back Sarah Brightman, one, two, three, four, five appearances mm-hmm. on this album. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And only mm-hmm. two of them are Phantom. Two of those five are Phantom, like are Phantom cuts. Isn't that and wild? Two are aspects. Po- yep, two what? are aspects, and then there's Amigos para siempre, which you know we sure. all we all love. Uh, friends for life. But, friends for mm-hmm. life. That's uh, <laughs> what I wrote in my yearbook that year. Amigos <laughs> para siempre. Uh, open parentheses. Friends for life. Close parentheses. Because nobody spoke Spanish in my school. Uh, wow. it's a bad. Can we agree though? This is like not a great cut to put on this album. No, why would you? It's, it's so uh, uh, well, but it, it more than like the the actual melody of the song itself. It's got that terrible like, uh, or intentionally macabre, whatever you want to call, it, like the fa- the uh, the you have come here that that whole like plotting yep. section, which we heard if you if you're watching the show, you've heard that musical phrase earlier it's mm-hmm. now coming back 
but like it's so yeah i don't know like there's got to be something else from fan <laughs> where's where is i gotta say i know she doesn't sing on it like i know it's got no star names to it but can i get notes please like can we get notes in here from phantom sure. can we have like uh, uh, the genuinely funny comedic number from act one or act two i don't care which like prima donna prima donna would be fine i'm down with prima donna uh sure honestly why but, didn't they grab judy k throw her in and just record her yeah. voice mix it in or if you're gonna do sarah if you have to do sarah brightman if we have heard to, of her which i get then do think of me like just but- do, Do you have to in that Sarah's yeah. on four tracks? Already. No, no, I, I don't think I'm just I, I, I'm going with I'm going with the assumption that there was, there's a re, like if they're gonna put a Phantom song in here, she has. I swear there's some document somewhere in the divorce where it's like she has if if he doesn't, it's one of those things where like like uh, Warren Beatty with the Dick Tracy rights, if he doesn't put sure. a certain percentage of her on album collections, she he loses the pool house, and now we close. We close yep. this album instead of the way it should close. And they know how it should close because they close the video album. This mm-hmm. Instead of closing us with Joseph mega remix, we are right. closing because the first album closes with uh, P.A. Yezu. We're going to close mm-hmm. this one with the Hosanna from the Requiem. Hosanna in benedictus, we I mean, whatever, but no, <laughs> I'm really sorry. No. Why are we not closing with the Joseph Megamix? It's just so bizarre. Such a weird choice. I don't. I, I don't understand. I don't that. understand. I really don't. I don't get it. It, it It's. I mean, they don't have too much. The, the only argument against it would be that they have too much Joseph on here already, but they don't. They've only got the two songs. So. Right. Of I the guys. And to right. not have the narrator, etc. Yeah. Um, makes no sense. Yeah. It's a very, what does that very mean? but it is the it, it, it's such an uneven album. I mean, it is yes. such an uneven album. And it's a real shame because a genuine premiere collection encore which would, you know, including stuff from like 86 to 92. Mm-hmm. Plus. The real, it, it's sort of a little too early. They, they, it maybe should have waited until they had some sunset material in the can. And like, if you sprinkle that in, we might lose some of these redundant tracks. Right. Uh, if you try to fit that on as well, but like a genuine volume two of this premiere collection, including two more songs from Starlight Express and like maybe something else from Song and Dance and like really, really, like really making a volume two would have been really nice. And this is just such a hodgepodge of of material. It it feels, and with even with the track listing, like we're saying the programming, it feels like they were backed into a corner. Like, well, we need to have this song and that song and these two songs and they all have to be there and we need five Sarah Brightman cuts and we have to close with something from Requiem and the Jellicle ball needs like it just really it's such a hodgepodge truly it's it's not as thoughtfully done as yeah that's the best way to put it it's not as thoughtfully done as yeah as anything (laughs) (laughs) but it is an excellent it in a weird way it's sort of an excellent uh omen to what post 90s Andrew Lloyd Webber is going to be like 
mm-hmm. you know like this is this is how it's gonna go from now on like the 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 the, the shows will come and go you'll hear about like sometimes it'll be sunset boulevard and it'll run for a long time and and be big hit and sometimes it'll be whistle down the wind where you keep hearing about it but it never seems to open and then there's a cast album and you're like oh i guess that yep i guess we did that i don't i don't remember doing that but i guess we did that uh and this is really yeah this is just that it's a very like excellent omen of like this is going to be from here on out things are going to be a little uneven (laughs) yeah god bless yeah right enjoy (laughs) hope you like it what composer's greatest hits outside of lloyd Webber, like would you buy I don't that's a well who has great I mean I guess they all do now but like ish I mean some, I do would they buy, so it depends depends on how it was done I mean Sondheim doesn't have greatest hits so much as if he does now but no, he has more like, like comedy well, songs the, right well, and the concerts are all kind of greatest but they're massive you know two disc like endeavors right. they're big and live big and loud right uh-huh. um and I mean, I might pick up or actually now that I'm thinking about it, I might make one of these for, for my kids, a uh, Jason Robert Brown greatest hits kind of scenario. That would be yeah. interesting. That could be an interesting record. You know, he's got a good diverse selection of shows and, and you could pull mm-hmm. you know two tracks from each and, and create something yeah, interesting there. He'd probably be the one. Yeah. Uh, he's now. the only one I can think of. I guess like Frank, Frank Wildhorn. Sure. Who writes pop musical theater? Maybe. Maybe David Yasbeck. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. His. But I'd be more interested so in somebody. A lot of these composers, I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's. I. I would much rather hear somebody. Like I would much rather buy. You know, Judy Kuhn sings David Yasbeck right. as an album than a greatest hits mix of his stuff. Although, like an Alan Menken one. I wouldn't be mad at that. Sure. That'd be good. He's probably like the, the amuse-bouche platter I would be looking for. So, but, uh, Stephen Schwartz uh, would be another then. I think, oh, yeah. In that, in that same vein. Stephen Schwartz. Weirdly, would be a, that a, never happened. Yeah. That is Isn't weird. that wild? Yeah. That is. Yeah. That's very weird. Where like. With, with a a career full of actual hit, like top 40 hits. And, hits. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know. Hmm. I guess he also like, never won a Tony Award, so there's a lot of weird no. things about Stephen Schwartz. I guess, like in the future, like Pasek and Paul, sure, who write like extractable songs that definitely yeah. sell shows, right? That's so interesting. And right now, I'm looking on the iTunes um, soundtracks chart sure. uh, just to see what is charting. Um, and to this day, uh, Phantom is on it in number forty five. Oh yeah, to this day, which means it's selling. Yep. Oh yeah, um, Joseph, but the uh, Donny Osmond version is yes. number eighty-three. That's insane to me. I know you're about to ask me like what my favorite song is. What is your favorite song, Robbie? And I don't know that I'm prepared to answer that. Um... <laughs> I know what mine is. Do you? From these two recordings, I do. The song okay. that I. If specifically from these two albums, if there's a if there's one cut from these two albums that I'm going to over and over again, it's Marty Webb singing Tell Me on a Sunday. 
there is just something about that version of that song. It's a song that I it it, it it's high contender for my favorite Angela Weber song. Full stop. I okay. don't know why that song has always really like gotten to me. And so, yeah, for me, it's Marty Webb singing. Tell me on a Sunday, just all day, every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I think it's um, great. For me, I would have to say it's probably, I'm really thinking about this. I'm so sorry. Um, I love that Phantom of the Opera single mm-hmm. because it's so bizarre mm-hmm. the way it's sung. Um, <laughs> it just is. And the video and everything about it is super bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's that's the one. Mm-hmm. And sure, and I love the Joseph. That's good because you can't. Video. You can't find it. At, well, it's good because like it, that's a good pick because you can't find it anywhere else. Like it was a single. Sure. It was really, you know what I mean. Like it's not on any other other album. Exactly. So it's unique mm-hmm. to this to that recording. I mean, gang, go out and get them. They're I, you probably already have them, but if you don't, you yeah, should, I would say even with all the my reservations about the encore, no, no music theater album mm-hmm. collection is complete without that's both. True. Both now they're both yeah. out of prints. But, right, because they released a third red-covered comprehensive version, which is not the same. It does not no. include... And then it's not like they out, just slammed those two tracks together. Then he put out the five-disc unmasked right. box which is a whole, set. Again, a whole different thing. But some um, homosexual has made playlists of all of these yes. in Spotify. Yes. Go and do on that. YouTube, you can absolutely find these mm-hmm. versions of these songs. They're, they're readily accessible. Absolutely, they are wonderful time capsules. This is great, Robbie. Thank you so much for for take picking up these albums and, and running them across the hill or something. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I always enjoy being a Sherpa to the young. That's that's what and, I feel. We're educating sure. here. It's it's a, uh, it's a you know. I'd like to be called Doctor, actually, <laughs> because I'm healing. Yes, slowly. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. In sort of a chiropractic way. We're not declaiming any kind of degrees here, but you know. Thank you for bringing me back to my remote youth um, through these albums. It's been a damn dream. Hi, Bethany.
podcast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. Please rate and review the original cast on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help other listeners find the show. Go to bit.ly slash originalcaststore for original cast merchandise like t-shirts, tote bags, and more. Become a patron of the original cast at patreon.com slash originalcastpod so you can listen to our bonus podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. On the socials, we're at originalcastpod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Robbie Roussel for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn. And I can't. I have rehearsal. Sing my angel of music.